0: Fly right, plain boy.
1: Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio host, and nationally recognized safety expert, Dr. David Perotin. Join us each week as we discuss the best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. Follow Dr. Perotin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe.
0: Hi everybody, this is Dr. David Proton. Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast from down here in the North Star Recording Studio. It is a brisk 62 degrees here, but we are going to heat things up with my guest, Rob Says from RobSays.net. You might remember him from Masculine Geek if you've been on the internet uh, hanging out with Jack. He's all over the place. He's been producing some awesome content. Rob says.net hey it's rob says on with us right now rob welcome to the show
2: hey thanks doc appreciate you having me on i have actually been looking forward to this so i'm pretty excited so yeah, thank you yeah. so, uh, you've got some great stuff so i gotta i gotta fluff
0: you a little bit before we <laughs> carry on so <laughs> hey i i appreciate that and you know talking about content uh you know you are a, a deep intellect you know reading reading through Um, your blog posts, your contributions in the weekly Masculine Geek newsletter. um, I mean, you're really dialed in. So someone um, wanting to have self-reflection, wanting to be in tune with um, agency and purpose, they need to check out your work. Well, thanks. So agency and and purpose. Well, agency and purpose goes along with safety. And and it's a safety doc podcast. Periodically, I need to... um, take people back and, and ground them to agency and purpose because it's so important of everything that we do. You know, why do we do it? Who are we? What are we trying to accomplish in life? Um, if we don't know that, we just kind of tune everything out, situational awareness. We're just all focused on ourselves and, and we just, we, we kind of hurl through and, and aren't really paying attention to what's happening around us. So we need to focus agency purpose. And today we're going to talk about legacy. And I'll, I'll admit, I struggled with this. I did I mean, and I, I did a lot of searches, I've read a lot of material, I've done a lot of reflection, and I don't have an answer. Um, I don't even really have, um, I, I, I don't know where to get grounded, where to take the first step on this. But you, my good friend, have done a lot of work in this area. So a, a few things I, I want to touch on, you know, what is legacy? What is legacy? Um, are we paying too little or too much attention to our own legacy? And... Also, um, is worrying about legacy, is 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 that a reflection of being self-centered? And also, um, T.J. Martinell wrote about it in the most recent Masculine Geek Newsletter. But the fact that the internet doesn't ever forget, like everything that we post, everything that we do, um, people can find that. And whether we did it when we were six years old or 10 years old or 12 years old, someone could find this. So are we starting to measure our legacy or not take risk and are we all going to have this vanilla legacy in the future because no one wants to do anything that stands out because you can be pointed at as, look at you did this rob you did this when you were 11 and and you know it's weird but let's let's start hey what is what is legacy to you
2: oh well how about for me we'll start with what legacy isn't for me yeah because that's in order – the way I work, I've always told my viewership or my audience, whoever's out there watching me, uh, I like to jokingly but not jokingly, jokingly say, I'm the poster boy of what not to do. So right. if you're going to listen to me, if, if I have an idea that I tell you this sounds like a pretty good idea, it probably isn't. Because that's how I kind of roll. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've, I've screwed up a lot of things, and that's where my experience comes in, and that's mostly what I write and talk about is the things I've gone through and what worked for me, what didn't work for me. And Obviously, everyone's mileage is going to vary, but uh, when I see these guys on the internet, and Legacy's been kind of a big thing lately. It has, and, yeah. and most of them, it, the legacy is my legacy. It's it's my legacy, and and I'm sitting there going, okay. And when they mention my legacy, the, immediately they're throwing in their kids, right. and I'm and I'm sitting there, and it and it's rubbing me raw, because number one, uh, kids are autonomous people. They they have their own feelings. They have their own thoughts. And when you say my, that's pretty narcissistic. You're you're either you're living through your kids, you're doing the vicarious thing, or you're kind of assuming that more like they're robots is how I see it. Well, they're my legacy. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, if a legacy is supposed to be this grand epic thing, uh, having kids is not an accomplishment in my book. I'm not trying to uh you know, crap on fatherhood or motherhood or parenthood. I'm not trying to downplay it. And so to me, that's not necessarily a great accomplishment that, well, this is my legacy. I got Junior and I got little, you know, I got Baby Debbie and Little John here. And it's what? like, so right. you had some kids. Big deal. Everyone does that. You know, give me something else if we're going to talk legacy. Legacy isn't your kids because... uh This happened to me, actually, when I was young. My parents, they didn't throw the word legacy around, but they were wanting me, they were wanting to live their lives through me. They wanted me to do certain things in a certain way, and so they had a lot of expectations of how I was going to be when I grew up. Well, they never really bothered to ask me what I thought about that. Sure. Okay. And so when I got into like my teenage years and it went all the way through to my late twenties, almost my early thirties, I did what most kids do. I rebelled and I got to a point where I was ready to walk away and never look back, never speak to them again, never talk to them again, that it's like, Hey, if you can't handle that, I'm going to do what I want to do. If that bothers you so much, then you can be dead to me and I'll go do my thing and you guys just don't exist anymore. So much for your legacy when your legacy walks out the door. Or what happens when, you know, it's my legacy and they decide I'd rather be a criminal or I would rather be some kind of a parasite living off of the system. Is that really what you want to be remembered for is that, well, you know, my kids are all in prison because they were dope dealers and gangbangers. I don't know anyone that sits up proudly and goes, That's my legacy right there, guys, and he's in right. prison. you know it's like you can't, in my opinion, you can't make your kids your legacy. It can't be about them. It has to go beyond your family. Uh, I've seen other guys talk about not only the children being their legacy but like their their spouse, their wife, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking well, she's her own person, and in today's modern world, she can leave anytime she wants for whatever reason or no reason whatsoever, and there is nothing you can do about it. So she leaves, or God forbid it happens – it happened in my family that everyone just assumed because of the natural order of things that my dad, he lives a, a harder lifestyle than my mom did. Uh, he's older than my mom. We all just assumed dad will die before mom. Well, that didn't happen in my world, my mom died first. Okay. Cancer got her. Yay. Cancer. All right. And that's how life goes. Uh, sometimes your legacy of your kids die before you do. Right. Sometimes your spouse dies before you do. How can they be your legacy that you're banking? You're putting that social credit, that, that, emphasis that energy whatever it is your meaning of legacy into another person that either can turn their back on you at any time or wants nothing to do with you so they walk away they they go and do despicable acts whatever or god forbid they die well so much for your legacy when you're the last one standing and you put all of that energy into them and they're gone that, to me, is not a legacy. A legacy, to me, is it can't be about somebody else. It, it has to be your thing, call it your mission, call it your work. Like, I look at you, Doc, and to me, okay. with what you're doing, with your podcast, what you did with your book, your School of Errors, that is part of your legacy, in my eyes, because that book, there it is. There it okay, is. That so is I'm something focused, that's but... going to last beyond you. OK, when, right. when you when you go down into the dirt and you're done and you're taking the long dirt nap, your book is still going to be around. OK, rather, it's translated in 45 different languages and sells a billion copies, which I hope it does. But whether it does or doesn't, it is independent of you now. It is your it's your experiences. It's your take on things. It's right. what you you've seen and it's your your offering to the world of here's what's going on and what we can do about it but it's now independent of you it has nothing right. to do with you anymore it stands by itself and that to me is more of a legacy einstein with the the law of, uh what the law of relativity or whatever it is what uh, edison or tesla depending on who you want to argue with electricity that's yes. a legacy You know, things that go beyond you and have nothing to do necessarily with other people, and even with you at some point, that it kind of takes a life of its own in a way, that's a legacy in my book. And so, you know, people say, you know, like, I don't have kids, okay, so I I don't have a legacy in that sense, but I kind of do. I have my podcasts, I have my videos and my blog, whether they withstand the test of time and I'm the next Marcus Aurelius or whatever, I don't really care but it may stay out there because somebody may choose to be the archiver to say, I want to be the keeper of records, and I found Rob's crap, and so I'm going to preserve it for posterity. That part of the equation, that's not me. I'm not, that, I'm not that guy. I'm just the guy that's running my mouth, spouting it off, and then it, it's like it's cathartic. It's, I get it out of my system, and then I move on to the next thing. And so it's someone else's job as far as I'm concerned to preserve the records, but I could say, well, this is my legacy. It's this stuff. You know, it's the guys I've touched that I've met in real life. You know, I've talked to them about things, got their take on things. They got, you know, I gave them my take, of course. And they benefited from it. I benefited, for, benefited from it. That can be kind of a legacy because, hey, you're, you're running with it and you're bettering your world or you're getting a different viewpoint. That's a legacy. But having a bunch of kids and having a wife and a family, I'm not saying that those things aren't good. Right. But that can't be your legacy. That's, that's not a legacy. Yeah. That's, that's you being a dad. That's you being a husband. That's, that's just a choice. That's all that, and, is.
0: and I agree with that. And um, when I was thinking about legacy, I, I didn't really think about my my daughters as mm-hmm. legacy. It, it because I thought, you know, if I'm doing that, then I am kind of um, supplanting their agency and purpose. Like I'm just trying to create what I envision, you know, would be at the representation of me going going forward. And in so yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm and, with and you on that. It's yeah. a
2: narcissistic fantasy and. And it's you vicariously living through them that if it's if you want them to do certain things, why don't you do those things yourself? Right. You know what I mean? Instead (laughs) of having your kids do it, why don't you do it?
0: That's a great point. And and then also, yeah, I think your bias comes into play, whether you're thinking about it or not, of, you know, well, maybe you should do this or maybe you shouldn't do this. And it's like, no, you got to you got to live. You wrote about this of saying um, also, when people offer you the opportunity to do something, you know, Rob, you know, join us for this, or do you want to be involved in this, or do you want to be in, involved in whatever, like your default position is no, like, we're not going to do that. But mm-hmm. you've written and said, you know, we got to recognize and say yes, because, um, you know, that's where we explore, that's where we start to build legacy is when we stop saying no to things and start saying yes to things. And there, there was a I read something about Paul Rubin, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> you oh, know, when yeah. he was starting – yeah, he was starting out in Hollywood, and people would invite him to things, and he would have no idea, like, what it would be. But it would be like, yeah, okay, you know, I, I got to go, like, yeah, ice fishing, and it's here, and then afterwards, like, what do I need for boots? Like, you know, it was – he would just say yes, and he, he said, once I started to say yes to everything – um, I just my life got so rich. And then I start to make connections and I found out what I liked and what I didn't like, kind of reconnaissance, like Aaron Clary, you know, when he wrote about reconnaissance.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Safety Doc Podcast with the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin, author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant powerful testimonials Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant and he was still able to exceed our expectations when we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention David was the single person we pursued not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life but Dr. David pulls it off take a listen now Back to Dr. David Perodin and the safety doc podcast.
0: I actually wrote down, you know, in terms of legacy, you mentioned it. You can have a negative legacy, like Al Capone. Everybody knows Al Capone. And it depends upon which movie you watch. Um, you know, the legacy might be a little bit of a warm legacy, even though it's like this criminal legacy. Um, So let me, um, let me take you through an experience that I had and and give me some feedback on this. So in summer, I'm out biking quite a bit and I stop it at cemeteries. Um, And usually it's just like a break, like it's a country cemetery. And a lot of these um, cemeteries, and I've been talking about people, talking about this with people more often because it it just, I don't know, it bothers me. Um, Cemeteries to me don't make sense. It, it looks like, um, something that's an effort to try to preserve legacy. Yes. And, uh, you know, I've read stories about people saving up their entire life in funeral funds so they can have this huge marble stone dedicated to them when they die. And they probably put off like a trip to <laughs> Niagara Falls or whatever. And, you know, a nice coat and whatever, because I want this monument, which, um, you know, when you go through after a number of years, um, nobody visits anymore and the stones get weathered and you you can't even tell what's on them and and they just you know start to tip over and stuff but i'll be in these old cemeteries and you'll see these small little white stones or just like field stone markers this big monument right that some you know wealthy person or someone who just saved up and made this this monument and i look at this and i'm like this is so crazy like if they could be next to me now like if they could stand next to me and look at this and i'd be like what do you think? Like, you know, your, your stone here from 120 years ago, was it worth it? And I'd be like, yeah, no, no, not worth it. But um, I, I don't think I see as many people doing that, but I, I really, it's very apparent, you know, when you walk through these these um, these cemeteries where you can can look at these stones and, and, you know, with the, again, a lot of money, a lot of investment, so people be remembered. And the fact is, who's going to remember you from a stone or whatever? But if you wrote a book, or if you yeah were the first to plot out some piece of land or make some discovery or or whatever i mean yeah um i would then i'm probably going to remember you yeah well you know some piece of music or something like that but so um i i i, I don't know it's something it just doesn't escape me i almost feel like um i i don't know i i I really struggle with that i I just struggle
2: well i think i, I know where I think I know where you're coming from because it's kind of the same for me i 'll go to I go to cemeteries all the time, uh, okay. mostly to take pictures because right. I do like the architecture, I like the mood I, I do like too. to be able to do like the the sepia tones and filters yeah. and stuff to make them look really old, like back in the wild west days. And, and I also look at them from, you know, sometimes with the shadowing and stuff, they can look really creepy Halloween type of stuff. And right. so from that kind of aesthetic, I do enjoy going to cemeteries. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, the absurdity, because it is absurd in my book, because, you know, me, I'm not a religious person. Uh, I, I'm borderline probably more atheist than anything that this is our one shot and this is all we get. And so I don't – not only do I think is it kind of grandiose and kind of like uh, a waste of money and a waste of life in itself that you're going to save up or whatever to have this monument put on top of where your body lies. Uh, like for me, I know I plan to be cremated when it's my time. It's like, ah, eh, cremate me. Take me to like Redondo Beach somewhere and it's like, why that? Well, then, that way I can say I've had six million women sit on my face. <laughs> you know, that that's something I would rather do. You know, cremate my body, and if you want to keep the urn in your house to remember me or whatever, fine. But I'm dead. I'm not around anymore. I'm not conscious of what's going on. at least that's my belief that it's lights on lights off. And so I don't care what you do with me, so I don't care if I right. leave a marker behind. Because within two generations, you're going to be forgotten anyway. Yeah. Uh, th- that's another one that kind of goes, that to me kind of ties in with legacy a little bit is guys talking about their ancestors. And they're like, you know, oh, what would your ancestors think of what you're doing? And I'm like, yeah, all my ancestors are dead and they don't talk <laughs> to me. So they don't right. care what I do. And right. all they cared about back in the day, like even like my great grandmother, I remember when I was a little kid and she was around. She didn't care one bit about what I was going to do or what I was going to be or what the future you know, held in store for me. All she really cared about was, well, I hope you're happy and healthy. That was it. And yeah. I would say that's probably the, the consensus with you go back a couple of generations, you get beyond your own immediate parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, so on and so forth. They don't even know who you are. They don't care and if they did that would probably be it as well i hope he's happy and healthy and beyond that who cares you know so the whole yeah. ancestor thing to me is about as absurd as the legacy thing
0: yeah you, and know? you know what so rob another part on that is um that you know with these these tests where you can find out you know like who your ancestors were or or whatever yeah, the dna you know, tests yeah. yeah dna tests but the, they're finding out that um you know that isn't nearly as reliable as, as what you think with the family tree, because, you know, maybe, you know, your, your grandma had eight kids, but, you know, six of them were from one man and two were from another, like, you know, so when you start to do that, it's this whole thing. And I was, um, I I was uh, reading also where these companies now are, are having to form entire divisions just to counsel people on, you know, that they, they find out that a relative isn't, you know, genetically, directly genetically linked to them and they all it shatters when you know realistically like what does it matter like what is right but for them they they tie on as you said you know when you you project this on your kids or you project your legacy onto people and not onto what was done as a collective like if it's a tribe just look at that this is my tribe it's fine like all kinds of different people in your tribe right um well it's funny you mention that because
2: One of the things I did for a lot of years was uh, I was involved in the the New Age industry. I read tarot cards for people. That's awesome. Oh, it's fun. And I learned a lot about human psychology. I learned about, you know, there's really only like five major questions that people ask. But one thing I remember, because I wouldn't do it for them, because one, I don't believe in it. And number two, people get hung up on it is past life stuff. They would be like, sure. oh, can you tell me who I was in a past life? And it's like, well, I don't believe in past lives, so if I do this, I'm just going to be straight up lying to you, number one. And number two, you're going to get hung up on something that you're going to be focusing on something that has nothing to do with you. You can't change it, whatever it is, assuming that there's any truth to it. You can't <laughs> fucking change Pardon. Can't change oh. it. <laughs> can't change it. So you're you're going to get hung up on something that has nothing to do with this life that you're living right now. Right. And it's the same with the ancestors. Yeah. You, you think, Oh, I'm from Viking descent. And then you find out, Yee, no, not really. Or I'm this and no, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> and, and it, it destroys point. that yeah. image in it your does. head that, you know, that you're not this pure whatever. And it's like, well, of course we're not. We're all mutts somewhere. And so, who cares that's why that's part of why i've yeah. never done one of those dna tests is i don't care it's like yeah. i you know with you i, I don't care you know it's, it's like yeah, whatever have... my ancestors didn't make me who i am i'm gonna make myself who i am
0: right so <laughs> so hey so are we paying um right now i mean just what you're observing Um, are we are we paying too much attention to legacy or too little i mean as a society as a western society i guess too much or too little
2: you know that's a good question i actually think i'm gonna have to answer your question in a in a in a sideways way i don't know if we're paying too much or too little i think we're looking at legacy the wrong way is what i think we're doing we're in i i don't think it's that we're not giving it too much attention or not enough it's we're, we're saying like our children or our ancestors, things that ultimately either are autonomous on their own or they're irrelevant is what we're focusing on. And so we're looking at legacy in the wrong direction. It's not, you know, that in that sense, it's like, well, we're doing it way too much. We're making too big of a deal of our ancestors and we're making too big of a deal about our kids. That, you know what, let them be kids and let them live their own lives and figure things out. And they'll probably turn out better and probably like you more down the road when they become adults and want to be around you as an adult when you're not up their butt about everything. And your ancestors, who cares? They're dead. So I think it's guys and women, but people in general are, they're taking legacy and they're making it a big deal, but they're looking at it from the wrong direction. It's more, if you're going to focus on legacy, it can't be about your ancestors because they're dead. It can't be about your kids because if it's your ancestors, you're living in the past. You're living on their accomplishments, not your own. Right? You're, you're, Hey, well, my, you know, I was the, the, the great, great, great grandson to King Richard. So what, what have you done? You know? Yeah, he did this, but what have you done? You're just trying to coattail him because of a bloodline. whoop de doo I don't care. What have you done? Well, I had kids. Well, anyone can have kids. That's not hard. That's just sex. So what have you done? Where's your book? Where's your video? Where's where's the thing that you did something that impacted? And it doesn't have to be a global impact. But where did you do something that impacted like your family? Maybe you did a, a, a picture that you carved out of wood or something, you know, that could be a legacy. You know, something like that, where hey, you you have a craft skill, or you did mathematics and you figured out how to solve whatever it is. Hey, you figured out how we can break the light barrier and we can hit light speed. Now that would be a right. legacy. You know. You know. So, so. I
0: I, I would, was um I was going through the internet feeds today, and there was a 19 year old Instagram um. Er, a 19 year old teenager right this this lady is on Instagram, and she uh, commits suicide, complete mm-hmm. suicide, yeah and her yeah. M- mom, yeah, her mom and so I actually found the authentic story to to make sure it was real, but her mom said, um yeah, social media, Instagram she didn't get enough likes or thumbs up or whatever it is and um so this is something I'm seeing all over the place too. I'm not on facebook i mean i don't I don't have a Facebook account I did maybe ten years ago just i wasn't i didn't think it was productive um got rid of it. The only media really is like Twitter and then the podcasts um and intellectual stuff you know like the masculine geek wednesday nights and and you know things like that but um i I'm just seeing people get tied up in thumbs up, subscribers and things like that. And even people who I wouldn't think the subscriber numbers mean that much. Um one of my favorite YouTubers um he he's an outdoorsman and once he got 10,000 subscribers, he has far more than that now. Really has good content, like 20 you know, 20 minute videos he's out at historical sites and and things like that. Just really well done. But when he got to 10,000 subscribers, he made a video and basically is like taunting all the people who wouldn't back him like you you know these people not specifically but you know didn't believe in me and i and i'm at ten thousand subscribers now and i was checking like you know every day at nine nine away ten ten away and then it would and and i'd be like oh dude no 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 this is not
2: what this is about
0: this isn't you're better than this like you your content is good you're enjoying you're like doing the outdoors you're making this you're introducing people to places that um either you know they they will never get to, you or you're inspiring them to like go out and experience things. So you are building this legacy, but you, you just revealed this other side that was just like, Oh no, I don't want you to be that guy. I want no. you to be the guy who's doing this and just is ignoring the numbers or periodically checking and just not the guy who's fi- every five minutes seeing how many subscribers he has. And I don't know. Um, but, but I guess I see that, right. That's all over the net. Like people, oh, yeah subscribe follow subscribe follow thumbs up and things like that and And then buy my course (laughs) that is is usually
2: usually the order it goes in you know it's subscribe follow hit the like subscribe follow hit the like sign up for this oh and then here's my course that there's there is a formula for this that's called marketing
0: (laughs) yeah the ones that the ones that get on the marketing site oh god that's funny that is funny um so yeah, I, I've seen so I've seen it really uh, damage you know people where the you know the their legacy um, is completely extrinsic in that regard. So and I, well, you I brought don't know. Up a
2: good point your legacy not only can't be about like your friends and family, you know, other living beings. It can't be about like your external validation. You do your legacy because that's what you wanted to do. Like your book. I imagine it's you wanted to do it for you. Rather, you did one copy and it sits on your own bookshelf and nobody else ever hears about it. Or you, yeah, you sell a million copies around the world in 45 different languages. You didn't do it for popularity. You did it because this is what I wanted to do.
1: Right? Right.
2: Right. And so that's, to me, that's that's a legacy i've got music on cassette tapes when i used to be in a band and the the sound quality is absolutely atrocious because it's you know use the ghetto blaster and you hit record and then okay start playing and it's it it sounds (laughs) oh it's it's it's, it's horrible but
0: yeah i've been there yeah
2: but i can sit there and say well i did you know i wrote some songs and that is part of my legacy of who I am. It's I've got some music from back in the day. It sounds like crap because of the recording technology. But, hey, these were original works of music that I wrote and me and my band put together and played. And we recorded it for posterity type of thing. We you know Back then, it was, oh, yeah, we're going to make an album. We're going to tour. We're going to be millionaires, rock stars, all that fun stuff. Well, it went nowhere. But... Hey, I still have it.
1: A must-read for parents, teachers, and taxpayers. Dr. David Perodin has written the most honest book about the $3 billion school safety industrial complex. Attorney James Sibley proclaims. A brave demonstration of speaking truth to power. School of Errors rips the lid off the billion-dollar school safety industry. Using real-world examples of successful responses in desperate situations, David contrasts the expensive window dressings pitched to panic parents with the inexpensive and effective approaches proven to actually work. Read this book before you let your school waste another precious dollar on meaningless safety theater. By the international bestseller, School of Errors, Rethinking School Safety in America, now at Barnes & Noble or Amazon.
2: You know, that it's like, oh, and I've yeah. had people see it because I've got the cassette sitting on a shelf that they're like, what is that? It's like, oh, that was, you know, my album with my Woo! band. You know, really? Now, yeah. Do you want to hear now, it? No, now, I don't now, want there, you to hear it because the recording, Woo! the sound quality is atrocious. But they're like, no, I want to hear this. And then they're like, wow, dude, that, that was really you, huh? And it's like, yeah, you know, it was fun. But that yeah, is absolutely. my part of my legacy is, well, I, you know, what have you done? Well, I wrote four or five songs, you know, without knowing how to read music. I wrote music and, you know, told guys, okay, do this, play this, and here we go. Drummer, do this, and here we go. You know, I was the main songwriter at that point. That's just the way it worked out.
0: You bring up the point, I mean – all of the new stuff has to start somewhere. Like, we yeah. just can't uh, recreate what's already been made and whatever. So, um, you know, you're talking about legacy of like, you know, you could, you could also look back generation, 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 yeah, whatever. But at some point, like right now with you, something is starting or somebody out there this moment, something is starting. And, and I, I don't think people recognize that there, there's always the point right in front of you to start something that could be awesome. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter
2: how old try to or young
0: dig you were. to find something. Yeah, yeah, like, and, hey, and my great don't... grandfather.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and it doesn't matter. You're never. This is going to sound cliched, but it's true. You're never too old. You know, you, there's plenty of people that left a legacy behind, whether they wrote the great American novel or they found a, you know, they they figured out some type of way to get rid of a bacteria, and they were you know in their 60s and in their 70s. Right. So it's like you can do that at any age. You don't have to be 20-something to start your legacy. You can do that at any point in your life. And your legacy to me is it's 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 about you. And so – you can have a cassette tape from when you were 17 that has some rock music on it, and then later, oh, I've got these podcasts that I did. You know, check these out if you want. You know, because I'm running my mouth on the internet because I like I like to hear myself talk. You know, and oh, and I did these blog posts because I, I I'm a closet writer. I, I decided one day, uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be a writer. I want to do this. I have no plans on making the great American novel. I don't consider myself that gifted, nor do I want to spend the time. It's like, oh, that's, that's going to take a lot of time. And I got other things to do, but my blog posts, okay, well there, compile them all and make a book. There you go. There's my book, you know, and it's still being written as I go.
0: It is. I mean, in in your blog post, um, I would say that's, that's a legacy. Um, one you wrote, I think it was called man on fire. Um, you know, the the guy who, yeah um awesome awesome so tell me about the experience um with masculine geek so with Vince and with TJ um uh, you, you know you, you just seem to be this this perfect trio right uh <laughs> you've come together and and you've grown your content um and how do i guess Tell me what's happening with MG. What is MG doing for legacy? How are people reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, this is this is helping me mm-hmm. um, figure out some some direction"? Because I, I guess how I'll put it is, I, I see MG is there will always be this MG legacy, um, no matter what happens to MG and variations on the road. But it's it's like building. It's happening right now, and people are being touched by by the podcast, by the writing, by the guests, just by by listening and. It's serving a crucial role, I think, in legacy, and that's um helping people with a member check, especially men with a mm. member check, or or just being able to listen and have some of your thoughts either validated or be be like, well, I didn't think about it this way, but what these guys are talking about, this is actually this applies to me. So um tell me about how that started. Um okay. you guys had the you know the the time at the sea and you you've just now It it seems like this big updraft, like all of this great stuff is coming into it. You have a strong following. Um, And when I say strong following, you know, this isn't talking about, you know, how many people want to subscribe. How many many generally, you know, come in on Wednesday night to have this intellectual virtual roundtable that they can partake in, um, you know, through listening or on on the chat. And something magical is happening there when it comes to um, a very interesting masculine, um, legacy and, and, I guess explain it from the inside.
2: Okay. Well, uh, when Vince reached out to me, this was over a year ago, it was probably in December. Um, it goes back to my ex-girlfriend had decided to end the relationship and she moved out and went on and I was in a pretty dark place. And so I reached out on Twitter and was like, basically, You know, I could use someone to talk to because I'm thinking of walking off a ledge type of thing. And Vince was the guy that was like, he DM'd me, private messaged me and said, hey, here's my number. If you ever need to talk, you know, reach out, you know, I'm whatever, you know, you do that. And I sat on it for, I don't know, a week or so because you don't want to be, you know, that guy. I don't want to be a nuisance and all that crap. Well, it was bad enough that I'm like, you know what? Screw it. This guy gave me his number. I'm going to call him. And we talked for, well, I talked for probably about six hours, okay, well deep into the night and found out we had a lot of things in common. He definitely helped talk me off the ledge. Well, a couple weeks later, I want to say he reached out to me again because we'd been following each other on Twitter for, God, at least a year maybe more. Uh, I didn't really know who he was. I don't think he really knew who I was at that time. We'd never really, we might reply to each other here and there on a post or something or on a tweet, but for the most part, we didn't really have a lot of interaction in the beginning. So he reaches out to me a couple of weeks later and he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to put a show together, a podcast. And I'm like, Oh, and he's like, yeah, it's called masculine geek. And it's this idea of we are masculine, and for guys that I don't know who your audience is per se, Doc. Uh, I'm I'm part of the manosphere, even though I hate that term. I'm part of the red pill community, and Vince and TJ are to uh to one degree or another as well. We're we're part of the guys that we. Based on other guys and their legacy, their work, we figured out kind of how intergender dynamics works in reality, not in theory. And so we drop little nuggets of that in with stuff that we do. But we, Vince was like, okay, guys get into the red pill when they get zeroed out or they, their, their wife cheats on them or leaves and all of their little illusions get shattered. And, and then they, they get pissed off usually, and they go through all kind of like the seven stages of grief, which is pretty accurate. But then there comes a point where, okay, I did all of that. I'm going to the gym, I'm working out, I'm eating right, I'm making more money. I'm, I'm making more of a life. Now what, now what do I do? You know, what else is there? Right. And we decided that's kind of what we were going to do is like, we're kind of like, what's after that, okay, you you did all that stuff, you, you kind of have your life more or less organized, and you're, you're going in the direction you want to go. Well, we're going to talk about the things that we like, stuff that a lot of people would consider geeky, like video games, tabletop games, uh, board games, uh, movies, music, pop culture, whatever it may be, but we're, instead of it's our little guilty secret that we're not going to talk about because a lot of the guys in our particular neck of the woods, they're very alpha, weightlifting, I eat meat and I, and I shit razor blades kind right. of thing. And we're not those guys. And, right. and we know that not everybody that's, that's into that is into that. You know, that a lot of people out there, it's like they, they need regular dudes. They need regular guys. But- but I think
0: that, you you're, you have a strong following though of guys that are like that, right? Well,
2: it, yeah, and it's a lot of it is. I I think what it comes down to is number one, any any guy that's on the internet and has a, a presence, he's got a, like a YouTube channel, he's on Twitter, uh, he's writing blog posts. You have to understand the technology to, to a certain level, okay? If yeah. you're truly like computer illiterate you're not, you know, you may be out being the weightlifter of the world and eating raw deer and whatever else, (laughs) but you're not on the internet. Okay. Nobody even knows you exist outside of in real world, you know, that your, your community that you live in or something. Otherwise nobody even knows you're there. You don't exist to anyone else outside of a small sphere. All these guys, in my opinion, and me and Vince have talked about it. They're all closet geeks. It's like, you're a geek if you can understand how this technology works and use it for what it was actually intended for. Okay. To use Skype the way it's intended, like what we're doing, doc, you're a geek, Okay, (laughs) You are. And, and instead of being ashamed, own it. That's what we did. We decided, you know what? No, we're going to own it. We're geeks. We're fine. And so that's how we presented it is we're going to talk about these things. And if you don't like it, don't watch it, you know, go watch something else. We're not ashamed of who and what we are and we're going to do our thing and then and when it, it gets yeah. fun is is our our personalities in a lot of ways are very different from each other and and all three of us have been we don't always agree on things but we're we can accept that hey you're gonna have a different point of view and that's okay uh you right. had different life experiences you grew up in a different part of the country you're a different age whatever it may be and so I can agree to disagree with either one of those guys. I, I don't always agree with them, and I know they don't always agree with me, and that's okay. But um, we've all kind of it, – it's one of them things that, you know what, we're not going to try and censor each other or you need to present a certain image. It's no, you, you be you you know, cause they and know it's how awesome. I, yeah. Right? They know how and I am awesome. know that. I'm like the loose cannon. I'm the clown. I'm the foul one yeah. that I think a lot wow. of guys, when they first showed up in the beginning, I think a lot of it was like, what is Rob going to say and do next? Because they'd be talking about something. And then I would just like walk right over him and just blurt something <laughs> out. And both Vince and TJ, TJ's like sit, <coughs> sitting back, rolling his eyes Wait. going, Oh my God. And Vince even's like, you know, damn it, Rob, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? You know, this is my take oh on my it, gosh. man. You know, and so I'm kind of that no filter guy. I mean, even now, I'm I'm really trying to throttle it yeah, back yeah, for no. you. That it's just like, oh, man. And it's, gosh, it's tough. But they accept the fact that I'm going to run my mouth and I'm going to say it how I want to say it. and And I can be very blunt, very unfiltered, Uh, We like to poke fun at each other a lot because that's what guys do. You have like a healthy relationship with one another. They're constantly busting each other's balls. They're constantly picking on each other. They're constantly goofing on each other. That's high school locker room crap. And that to me, that I grew up with that, that it, that the guys you had to worry about was the guys that never said nothing or they couldn't take a joke they got all pissed off and offended, then it's like, okay, you got to watch that guy. And this guy over here, or if you didn't like someone, you just didn't talk to him. You know, you didn't, you didn't talk bad about him. You just, oh, do you know so-and-so? Oh yeah, I know him. What do you think? He's all right. And that was the end of it. And other guys got the message that, oh, you really don't care for that guy. Where if I could go around and what do you think of Doc? Oh, Doc's a crazy son of a bitch. And all that, la, la, la. It's like, oh, you really like Doc. Of course I like (laughs) Doc. You know, it's, it's, it's just ball busting and that's all we do. We, we thought about kind of having like a program or a schedule. We're going to talk about these things and we, we kind of did, but then it kind of devolved into this kind of stream of consciousness free for all where we're like, oh, we're just going to wing it today, you know, unless we bring a guest on. And then when we bring them on, we want to hear about them. It's like, okay, you know, Doc, you're on the show. We want to hear about Doc and whatever Doc wants to talk about. Whatever you want to bring up, we want to hear what you have to say. And so we make the show about the guest Uh, because, hey, we're curious, we're interested. And whatever it is, it's probably geeky on some level. You know, whether it's safety, that's pretty geeky. You know, I think it's a very big geek thing. So that's kind of how it evolved. And I think from the feedback we've gotten from a lot of the followers – is it's a breath of fresh air because we're not getting caught up like in politics or in a lot of Absolutely. the crap, the outrage that people get caught up in. Um, and we are very organic and just we, we accept that I'm going to run my mouth and I'm going to swear and I'm going to drink and I'm going to smoke. And TJ's going to be brief, which he's not. He's going <laughs> to go on for hours. And Vince is going to now talk about bondage and dominance. And, you know, well, I, and it, it all works out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it the, the Christmas special where TJ almost set his house on fire when he's trying to restoke oh, the fire? Oh, yeah. I, uh. I, I watched it, not that night, but after the fact, and I thought that was hilarious. And just the, the interplay, the reaction. So, so Rob, let me, let me bring this up then. Um, so, where do you think people are at? What are you hearing? Um, what are you observing? Okay, so maybe you know when you're our age, right? Um, there isn't as much at at stake is as, as far as um, how should I say this? Uh, what people consider to be your legacy, your reputation, I guess. Oh yeah, that um, thing. What, okay. what they use. For, and TJ had it right on um, in in uh, the MG newsletter when he wrote, "HR administrators, um, you know, don't care about your." Legacy. They just want you to be like vanilla and and they don't want anything to show up because if anything does, like they will just, you know, punch you out of the organization because of it. Um, oh, yeah. well, are we tiptoeing seeing...
2: through the grass it and is t- handling are we... everything with kid gloves. We, I, I think, we are there. We are there. And, and that's one of the big things that I'm seeing. The, 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 the negative side of it is we've got two generations of men now that are so milk toast because they were raised from the, the, you know, they sat at the knee of their mom. And I'm not blaming moms. Moms did the best they could with what they had, but they were primarily raised by a, a single mom. Hell, I was. My parents divorced when I was a kid and then remarried later. Talk about insanity. Okay. But these kids grow up and they've been told over and over, you can't you can't be blunt. You can't be brash. You can't be aggressive. You know, all those things are bad. And so they're apologizing for who and what they are. They're apologizing for their own existence. And anytime they even timidly reach their hand out for something, give, they get slapped down. And so they kind of have a broken spirit. They, it, it's the, I, I better ask and hope to God, no one, you know, I, I better not have an opinion. And I went through that too. Okay. When I was in my twenties, uh, I got brainwashed in college, all that, you know, all this stuff. And it wasn't until I got married and then finally decided to get divorced, and so that was when I was 42. Yeah, 42. Okay. And that's when I woke up because I'm in a marriage that was not what I wanted whatsoever. I did everything based on what other people said. This is what you should do. This is what you ought to do. This is how it's done. Okay. Oh, I I'm this age. I need to get married. Okay. So I got married, married a girl that I should have never married. Okay. I own that, but everything was about everyone else. It was not about what I wanted. And all I ended up doing was becoming completely miserable. And it got to a point where it's like, okay, I can't continue living like this. Cause I could see this is going to be the rest of my life. This is going to be it. I don't want to do that, so I can either put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and call it a day, or I can get divorced and let the chips fall where they may. Well, obviously, I got divorced, okay? And from there, I kind of went through this, it's kind of like a free fall, where I was just like, okay, I survived that, and and granted, my divorce was pretty painless compared to a lot of guys. So I get it. I dodged some serious bullets with that one. I got lucky. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll run with that. But then it was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about what other people think. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do now. I did it their way for about half of my life and all it got me was miserable. So you know what? I'm going to just do it my way. And if I burn, oh, well, then I burn at least I did it on my terms. Otherwise maybe things will turn out. Okay. And when I did that, everything got way better. Way better than I could even imagine. You know, it's like, oh, I'm dating much younger women. I'm getting the stink eye from everyone. I don't care. I'm right. doing this. I'm doing that. I have my dad going, ah, you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, why not? It's working for me. You know, it's, thanks for your advice, dad. But I don't want to live your life. You live your yeah. life. Let me live mine. And my life, I do it this way and it works and people tend to get in line with the way I live my life, that the women that show up in my life, they, they go along with the way I do things. And if they don't, that's okay. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. You can go away and somebody else will come along and here, come and join the fun. And it wasn't until, uh, when my mom died and my ex-girlfriend left back to back that within two weeks of each other, that's when really everything just kind of solidified for me in the sense of nobody cares. And not, oh, nobody cares, damn it. It's, nobody cares, man. I can do whatever I want, literally. You know, I mean, yes, there are consequences. I'm not saying there's not. But I can literally do whatever I want. Nobody cares. You don't care. Vince doesn't care. TJ doesn't care. The internet might care for about 35 (laughs) milliseconds. And fine, let them care for that long because it's part of their agenda or whatever. But then they move on to the next guy. And I'm back to doing whatever I wanna do. And it's like, okay, well I'm gonna do my thing. And so that's part of the whole for me, that's why I don't care about the preservation of legacy. Either people will do it on their own organically or they'll contact right. me and say, Hey, I wanna I wanna preserve this. Cool. Let's let's figure that out. I'm not gonna worry about it because I'm going I'm too busy just enjoying my life doing what I wanna do. And so I see a lot of guys that are still stuck in that shame and guilt and i gotta ask permission and they're trying to live their lives through other people because that's what mom and dad said to do that's what the church told them to do that's what society told them to do even the culture told them to do but i'm also seeing a, a lot of guys that are getting away from that and most of them if they're doing it organically that i've found they're guys that are around you're in my age they, they've, yeah, they've already yeah. gone through the hard experience and went Right. Screw this. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Screw screw what everyone else thinks. I'm gonna do this. And who cares if they like it or not? And in my case, it's like, oh, if they're bitching, I'm doing something right. You know, that's that's my Whoa. feedback.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Safety Doc Podcast with the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant. Powerful testimonials. Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast.
0: I, one of those li- I don't know what they're called. There's limes in those other ones. They're yellow. They're not limes. They're like limes but they're yellow. What are they? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they are. I'm not I don't speak English very well and I'm making a video game. Uh just call them yellow limes. You know. Yeah. I I think you're right on. When I when I wrote um when I wrote the book, you know it's the Red Pill of School Safety, right? So yes. a lot of people aren't going to agree with you Absolutely. right off the bat. When you're saying you know it's a big marketing um you know <laughs> industry, and people are just trying to sell you stuff, it's never been tested, and all of a sudden you know these companies are trying to do this and and so when I wrote that, I kind of knew that was the end of my career as a school administrator, and it did i mean I retired, and then the book came out, and I just said, i think the i mean stand behind the book it's 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 excellent, but um, if I were to interview somewhere, you know they would look at it and say ah uh, you know you're, you're basically going against you know everything going against the institution you're the going institution. against the you know system we, we, we bought the bollards and stuff like this and now we about it's interesting but i but i've also found kind of this 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 cult right that follows because i've said what they want to say like i've yeah. been the person so they call and say i'm a school board member and whatever and by god thank you for writing this book and i bought you it just for every confirmed
2: member that i'm not crazy <laughs> And
0: That's really I am good. just, it's so, and, and when I get calls and emails and stuff like that, and like media appearances, something happens and it's like, okay, you know, the media, you know, um, someone is validating me as, as an expert on this and, y- you know, I'm going to come out and I'm going to give my, my take and I'm fine. You know, I, I can ground back to, to my, you know, study, but I you know what the, the things that I'm saying, but I, I think though. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, my age, but if I'm like 25 years old or 30 years old, like I couldn't do this without having huge risk, like almost being unemployable in certain fields. Um, You have Mm -hmm. to be so good at what you're doing that you could stand alone because, um, yeah, I mean, so I I look at this, I look at kids today, I guess kids, people in their 20s and (laughs) how, how the hell, or even if you're like in high school and- you know, high school kids thinking about, I've got to get into college and then, oh, you know, yeah. my so- the college is going to scrub my social media, you know, and find things. And how do you, um, I guess, what what advice, what have you seen anybody coming, you know, to to you oh, okay. or to mask, master- right. anybody yeah. coming in saying, listen, okay. I want to be, I want to do things. I want to be legacy. I want to have this weird sinusoidal line that I'm not at baseline. Like I want to do and live but if i i also don't want to be the person who gets shut out of all the things or like you know um mm-hmm. i i'm i'm deemed um yeah being too um one-sided too maybe too masculine right i'm always you know i'm doing all these hikes and I'm posting all this stuff outdoors and hr you know talk to me and they said right. hey could you tone this down a little bit? i mean things like this happen like oh, they, they we do. think they, they don't do. but they do they do um, and um Hmm. what do you do? Because I don't want anyone to turn themselves down if they're genuinely doing what they want to do and a good, you know, a good person. This is healthy for them. But I'm finding right. people just saying, I don't even know if I want to start this blog or okay. I don't want to make this well, post about whatever.
2: Yeah. OK. Um, the first thing I would think when it comes to like employment and like school is have a backup plan that if you want to say whatever you want to say or do whatever you want to do, have have a plan B in case they do nuke you. So, like, one thing that works great for me, the industries I've worked in, I have a college degree. I got it back in 94. I don't use it as far as professionally. Okay, I got it because it was interesting. That's why I got it. But the jobs I do, I'm kind of, in a way, I'm bulletproof in the sense that as long as I don't talk crap about my company, they don't care what I talk about. In fact, my boss follows me on my newsletter and my podcast. That's awesome. So he knows everything I talk about because he's brought it up to me. He's like, dude, you know, you, you had a couple interesting points. And, uh, and I've, when he first told me he was following me, I was like, is this going to be a problem? Because I'm not going to filter myself. I, I'm just not. Because if I have right. to... I will go find another job being that I'm kind of a I wouldn't say entry level, but it's it pretty much kind of is. I'm kind of bulletproof because, one, there's always another job that I can go do that'll pay me pretty much about the same what I'm getting now. And so I'm not going to be devastated if I lose my job. I'm not you know, my job is a means to an end. It's it helps me finance the lifestyle I've become accustomed to. It's not my legacy, it's not my passion, it's a job, and nothing more. I enjoy what I do, I find value in it, because it is very physical, I like to be physical in that sense, and so I get a lot of benefits out of it, it's an easy job, it's not hard at all, right. and it pays very well for what I do, okay, but I know I'm not going to do it when I'm 60, because it's too physical for 60, even if I was in tip-top shape, <laughs> your body starts to wear out. You know, I've, I've encountered that when I had to have knee surgery a few years ago and all I did was stepped off the truck, nothing exciting and tore my meniscus. And it's like, oh, well, body's saying time to slow down a little bit. So I know this is not a long-term gig, but even when I was in the armored car industry and I did that for 13 years, I never looked at it like this is my career. This is my legacy. It's like, no, it's a job. That is all it is. It pays the bills. And so if my job has a problem with what I say on social media, then I don't honestly want to work for that job because what I say, as long as it's not related to them, they should not care about it. It, it, It's it, you know what? This doesn't concern you guys. This is my version of freedom of speech, you know, and so it shouldn't matter. As long as I come to work, I show up on time. I do what I was paid to do. And I, I'm not wasting time or goofing off or whatever. You guys should not give two craps about what I am doing outside of work, barring that it's not, you know, illegal. You know, it's not, I'm not selling dope or something, but just because I'm running my mouth on the internet, you guys should not care. And they don't, my job doesn't care. They're like, whatever, dude, you know, so you're, you're off running your mouth. So good for you. Have fun. Do that. Okay, so that, that would be one of the things I, I, and I've told guys that. It's like find a job that you don't have to worry about corporate HR so much. Uh, my industry, both of them that I've worked in for the last, well, now combined about 17 years total, was all men. You know, other than a couple administrative staff that were women. But there wasn't women out in the field. There wasn't women in the back warehouse. It, it's all dudes. And so I don't have to worry about, oh, I, I, better, I better monitor what I say. Now, granted, when I go into a customer site, yeah, it, there's a lot of women there. I got to be careful there. That just comes with the territory. I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I, just, I don't want to socialize. I don't want to be their friend. I just want to go in, do my job, be polite, be nice, how you doing, have a nice day, and get the hell out of there. Move on to the next job because I want to go home. That's my goal is I want to get done because I got things to do. Uh, I know I've never met anyone that was on their deathbed that said, gee, I wished I had spent more time at the office. Nobody has said that. I would rather have spent more time with my kids, my wife, doing painting, poetry, figuring out quantum physics, whatever it was. They didn't want to spend more time at work. So I figured that one out a long time ago that it's like, yeah, I want to get paid as much as I can and put in the least amount of time as possible. You know, yeah. it's not you necessarily know, do a minimal amount of work. It's just the least amount of time that I can be there and make the maximum money. That's what I want. So
0: you know, when you talk about, um, work and I, I think again, too many people mix up legacy with work and I've, I've increased, you know, my job title to whatever. I remember once it was a superintendent. Oh God, like 10 years ago. And, uh, had uh, worked in a district and you know was putting in all these insane hours you know like late nights and all these yeah, calls 60, from parents 70 a hour event. weeks oh god more than that and oh gee you know was making the choice to do this right oh, was yeah, making of course. the choice That's and and then um it was they had a referendum that was passed and then he had moved on to a different district and then when they when this building got completed like a year or two later they invited him back and then um they you know they had some whatever pomp and circumstance and little ceremony and then um oh a dog they and never, a pony show nice yeah they never <laughs> recognized him like you know of the work that he put in and this is what he expected right he expected yeah. this all be about him so he he after this thing is done the guy's <laughs> devastated he's like oh yep. my whole life you know I i just i worked all these we had all these community meetings and all this and they don't realize it And i'm like no because like every they've moved on like nobody you a cares and you know, you did important work with this, but to believe that, you know, you're going to come back and be celebrated as this, the person, you know, that, that got this building and all, they don't care. They don't remember. Yeah.
2: yeah so, so he go, wanted to be a martyr is what he was doing. He had his feelings I think, hurt.
0: I think it was. Yeah. And then also it's one of the, you know, you look at that and it's quickly, this is external motive, external extrinsic feedback, right? Um, you know, uh, people are seeing me at these meetings. They're they're good job. I'm seeing myself in the, the newspaper. Yeah, they're validation getting is getting the pat on validation the back.
2: Atta passed. boy.
0: But, so I, I, I went back and I looked at, so Andrew Carnegie, you know, was worth, um, I think, the equivalent. So he lived from, what the hell was it, um, ni- 1883 to 1919. So Carnegie, Carnegie Steel yeah. would be worth, in today's dollars, about $400 billion. Ooh-ha. So. Once Carnegie got to be um, in his 50s, he started to build libraries and he, he wanted, um, you know, libraries to be, I guess, his legacy. Not so much, you know, I, I dominated the steel industry and, and all of this. So he was in his 50s and for 30 years, he donated money for over 2,500 libraries. Oh, wow. I think that's someone who's like tuned in as an example of, you know, he could have kept going and going and going and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, bigger and then he dies. And it's like, it was the guy who did whatever. But, um, you know, he's really the guy who gave us libraries, like public libraries, which yeah. is kind of a cool, a cool thing no, it's from Very points. cool, actually. See, it's I an interesting. I didn't
2: know that. So I just learned something new today. I had no yeah, idea. Because I, I, I know who he is. I know what you're talking about. But I, di- I didn't know about the library thing. Well, yeah. So that's so,
0: pretty and, cool. you know, he was, it, it, like I said, he was in his 50s. It wasn't one of these end of life things when it's like, oh, my God, I want to do something so people are remembering you. So I'm going to build this stadium or you no, know, whatever it, it is. No, he did it because that's
2: just but, what he wanted to do.
0: This, this, yeah, this continued process. Um, so I'm, I, I want to give it, you know, my... My thought into this, uh, I, I think it's super, um, restrictive and dangerous for people to, to measure every word that they say, right? Because it, they're never going to get their opinion. They're absolutely. never going to get out of their, their self-similarity, um, nope. zone, or we talk about in the book, um, Taurus getting into some chaos, doing some different things, you know, whether it be, um, traveling somewhere, um, hang out with different people, learning a different, you know, skill, just whatever. Right. Um. People don't do that. They and I, I am so frustrated because I just, um, I, I. But I also see this rebellion, right? I see more people kind of just rebelling against us and saying, you know what, you're not going to censor everybody, right? You're not going to measure. You're not going to look up everything that everybody said. And um, I, so there, there is this part of me that thinks it's starting to turn. Like people are starting to say,
2: I yeah, hope so. I, I don't hope have the so.
0: time and the resources, but I'm. I think I think a, a lot of value from the work that you do it is very important for people in their 20s. And then also, I think there's the second segment, which is, as you said, you, you go through a, a, a very difficult, challenging time, right? And I kind of went through something not not similar to what you did, but I went through where I jumped off on the career and went, you know, picked up my PhD in research, and I'm like, this has to work out on the other end or... this is going to be really weird and it did like things (laughs) like oh my god like I started to do a lot of things you know worked on a movie with a Pulitzer Prize winning thing and stuff like that but um so it's it's this thing though you know we we just we can't be uh, we can't be afraid of what people are and I don't even afraid we why do we even tune into what people think about us I mean
2: why do we do that I think it's it's part of our wiring um you go back you know to like tribal days hunter-gatherer type days and social status is the term we're calling it today i guess or at least i'm gonna call it that for this episode here we all are concerned about status and back in the day if you didn't have status that meant death because either someone in the tribe killed you or they kicked you out and ostracized you. And if you were on your own out there on the prairie or whatever, and there's saber toothed tigers running around, you either starved or you got predated on. Okay. So that fear is still within us because it goes back to, if I get kicked out of this group, I'm going to die. And, and that's even today you see it with kids getting bullied. Okay. Bullying, you know, it's, the, 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 the whole thing is bullying has always been there. I, I got bullied when I was a kid, and what did I do? I ended up whooping somebody's ass. You know, I got in a couple of fights. I got my ass kicked. I kicked some ass. And guess what happened? The bullying stopped. Okay? The bullies, even if they won the fight and I didn't, still had like a modicum of respect that, hey, he stood up to me. So I'm not going to mess with him anymore. Okay. Nowadays, oh, you can't do that. Everybody gets in trouble, including the guy defending himself. And so now it's the police state, the nanny state. You got to have the police and the administration involved because they're worried about liability, you know, because, well, if some kid gets hurt, the school's going to get sued. And, And that's a real thing. I get it. But we get to this place where we're so afraid to say or do anything because of repercussions and yet i'm looking at it going okay my mom just died my girlfriend just snowballed me and decided to leave and i'm still here i'm still standing i'm okay and you know what we're all gonna die eventually it's a given it's a certainty no one here gets out alive okay so guess what we might as well do the things you want to do because someday, probably sooner than you imagine, you too are going to die. Right. So I'm not going to worry. What's the worst they can do? They can, what, ostracize me and deplatform me? I'll start another account or I'll say out of hell with it and go do something else anyway. What are they going to do? Put me in jail? I mean, that really, to me, is the worst case. They're, they're going to kill me? Well, they can only kill me once. They don't, they don't get to revive me and keep killing me over and over again, which when we stay imprisoned in here with, oh, thou shalt not, that's what we're doing is we're dying a little bit every time. We're yeah. killing ourselves yeah. over phantoms. And when I've learned, you know, people, oh, you shouldn't say that. And I'm like, why? Well, be- because you can't. Why? I just did. Apparently I can. <laughs> No is such a powerful word. You shouldn't do that. No. You need to do this. No. And I don't, I don't feel the need to explain myself because I don't owe them an explanation. They're right. not my keeper. I am my own keeper. My my even my ex-wife, she's not my keeper. She'd be uh, ah no. Yeah. yeah? Just, guys, you can get another job. You can get another career. And if your legacy isn't about your job making money for somebody else, because that's all a job is, you're really making some money for someone else. And that's okay. fine. That's 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 as it is. That's as it should be even. Okay. I, I'm not saying not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone's cut out cut out to be self-employed. I know I'm not. It's like, oh, that's a lot of work. I don't want to do that. I'm fucking lazy. I'll admit it. It's like, ah. It's easy for me when everyone else is sweating about, I got to get up and do this and put in 80 hours to make $100,000 a year. I'm like, yeah, I put in 40 hours a week and I get all my benefits paid for. And I I, I don't have to think on the job. I can drive the truck around and I can listen to tunes or I can, you know, when I park the truck, I can talk trash on Twitter for a minute. I don't have to worry about nothing. You know, there is things that are positive to be said about working for someone else. Yeah, you got to show up at their hours dressed the way they want you to do that. Get over that. Who cares? It doesn't define you. Oh, because I wear this uniform, that doesn't mean that's who I am. I did armored car for 13 years. That doesn't mean I'm an armored car guy. It's like, no, that was just a job I did. I did it because I liked the thrill of wearing body armor and carrying a gun, you know? And I like shooting guns, and so I learned how to shoot them very well. That's not my legacy. It's just something I enjoyed doing because I'm a thrill seeker. It's like, you can get shot. Yeah, I know. Kind of crazy, huh? You know, I ride motorcycles, you know, you could die on that. I know. Crazy, huh? You know, do I want to live in fear and live on my knees in fear? Or do I want to literally, if if it comes down to it, do I want to die on my feet? I'd rather die on my feet if that's what it is. I don't have a death wish. I'm not pushing for that to be like, let's bring that on real quick. No, I'm not in a hurry to die. But at the same time, we all got to go at some point. Do you want to live? Till you're 105, but you never took any risks, you might as well be dead anyway because you didn't do anything. No. no, Or do you want to die at 65, but, man, you enjoyed your life. You ate the good food. You smoked the cigars. You chased the girls. You rode motorcycles and you shot guns. And, God, you went down because some car pulled out in front of you, but at least you led a full life. You didn't live in fear of, well, I need to worry about what somebody's going to say. They don't care.
0: They don't. They they
2: really don't unless they're using you as part of an agenda. And if they do, they're only going to use you until that part of the agenda is over. They're not going to carry it on for years and years and years. It's going to literally be 15 seconds and then it's over. So, ooh, it's uncomfortable. And I got, I got spurgs yelling at me on the internet. They're saying mean things. So what? Sticks and stones. Who cares? Who cares? They're just jealous anyway because they want to be you because they don't have the guts to stand on their own. So who? cares do your thing nobody cares
0: i think you've you've just i mean you, you hit center on a point of um you know there are so many people out there who are just frustrated in how they're living their life that if they see someone or people who are living it in a way where they're untethered and they're doing things even if it's um you know Riding a motorcycle, spending some time hiking or something like that. Dating they're, younger women, hell. They're, they're you know. First I get flack on that to... so
2: much. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but they're young, man. They're like 28. Well, legacy and patriarchy and uh, that's for you guys. You go do that. I'm going to date young women. Well, you're not going to be happy. The, the hell I'm not.
0: Oh. Yeah, and finger. actually – I. No, and, and that's kind of how I, you know, when I was on PBS the first time and then the second time, oh, I just shit, seen, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I saw people, you know, who did this and then um, I'd never do done Thank that. You. And yeah, so the first time and then the second time, it was, you know, just so much more comfortable, but it was one of those things of who the hell do you know who's been on PBS for a special? I mean, not to, but I, I, I would say for me, like that's, I guess, a legacy thing. I, yeah. I never put it out there to like, you know, try to no, impress you're, people yeah, with you're it. Not but if you do, your search, horn
2: with it. But yeah,
0: it's 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 funny now that you that you mentioned that because when I thought about that, um, it was one of these moments. Like, yeah, I've I can do that. Like, I've I have you know stuff that people want to, to know about. I'm a engaging speaker and stuff like this would be a, a fun thing. Yeah, I was nervous. I was hoping I yeah, didn't get there and just be because like because one, Damn,
2: it's, it's, it's unfamiliar. You, it's but and I felt
0: I'll, so great. Rob, yeah, I feel so great getting out of that. And both <laughs> times I present it, like people in the audience then would always want to hang out with you afterwards. So uh-huh. in Madison, you just go down from the studio of downtown and, you know, you just hang out at a club or something like that. And and people just want to talk to you. Like they just, <laughs> and, and that is such a cool thing because I'm like, these are, I, I mean, it, it, it's important for them to like hang around yeah. and to have this conversation. And for me, it's like really cool because who, I never thought I'd get to do this, but it's, um, it's cool. So if we talk about legacy, what, um, I, I guess, you know, if, if you were to do a, a 60 second, what would be your legacy? What what do you, what do you think is, is, will be, is right now? What is, what is the right? It legacy? would be
2: me running my mouth on the internet would probably be my legacy. It's me, Doing it for me, I, I I didn't get into any of this for anyone else, really. It was, oh, this this looks fun. I'm interested. Uh, I've always considered myself an entertainer more than, like, a philosopher or a deep thinker. I've always been more of, I like making people laugh, and I like being in the spotlight. I'll, I'll admit it. I, I got a bit of a narcissistic ego running on. I know that. But I like I like the thrill of being in front of people, Rather, it's physically on a stage or it's even like the internet and people are watching it all over the world i I get a thrill out of that it's like "Ah, i'm i'm doing what i want to do and so my legacy would be i guess twofold it's i'm running my mouth and saying what i want and i don't really care if anyone buys it or not they can agree or not i don't care and the other part would be maybe the the example where I've had things that I didn't know if it was possible or not until I saw someone else do it. And then it was like, oh, well, if that dude can do it, then so can I. That maybe some guy, whether he's an older guy, because I've had older guys, guys older than me, guys older than us, uh, hit me up, and they're like, oh, man, you know, your stuff helped me out a lot, and they're 50, 52, 55, plus, you know, the young cats, the 20-somethings, that it's like they look at it and go, you know, I, I want I – want, if, if Rob can do that, then so can I. If he cannot care about what other people think, he got there. And, yeah, it took me dealing with a breakup and a death that that's where I just thought, you know what? Life's absurd. You know, not in a nihilistic, screw it, give up hope way, but it's just I can do whatever I want. Life's absurd because we all die. So – might as well go and enjoy life, and other people, right. if they want to have a stick up their butt or whatever, that's on them. I don't care. I'm going to say what I want, and until someone literally puts a bullet in me to shut me up, I'm not going to shut up, you know? And other guys can get something from that and go, well, God, if, if that idiot can do that, then so can I, you know? I, I'm not going to care either, but not in this negative, nihilistic, I want to kill myself way, but more, I can do whatever I want, Right. you know? So. Right. There's my legacy. Maybe help get some guys to unchain themselves.
0: You know, and if I, I can't
2: unchain them, they, they have to unchain themselves.
0: And I would add add one other thing I, oh. that I would say is is your legacy. I think you're very efficient at being able to, what I would say, read the code. So you can look at what's happening in a situation or one person situation, multiplayer situation, whatever, and you can like get down to say like here's exactly why this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> here's like the code that's that is programmed this I to happen. Disc- and <laughs> not a lot of people can do that. And you do when you're writing, you get right down to like here's the code. And then I think um so I, I mean almost this, yeah, this code reader, I guess we'll call you, but um, that's something people can learn from. I mean, I, I read it and I'm like, yeah, you know, Rob cut right down. He figured it out. He pointed it out. And I'm like, um, so I, I think there is this, this point too, of your, you're helping people to be, um, succinct in how they analyze things and get to it. Yeah. So they can move on with what they want to do. Well, so,
2: because, for me on that one, that was a lot of listening to other people, doing what they told me to do, you know, following the next guru. I did all that stuff, too. And and the people will use a lot of real flowery language and a lot of fluff and filler. And I've read a ton of books on all kinds of subjects where it was a 400-page book, but there was really only 50 pages of, like, real material. Everything else was just fluff it's like, you wanted to write a 400-page book about nothing. Okay, I see how this goes. And I would have still paid the same amount for that 400-page book if they'd have condensed it down into those 50 pages. It would have actually been even more valuable to me because, oh, you're giving me everything, all the the practical stuff I need. You're not giving me a bunch of flowery fluff nonsense. And so that's, to me, that's why I do it the way I do it is this is how I would have wanted someone to do it for me is – don't pull any punches. Don't, no, don't give me any bullshit. Just say it. You know, that's all I need. Just put it out there. Let, you know, let me figure it out, but just give me the salient points. I don't need all the floweries. And the, I don't even need the whys, Doc. I, I don't need to know the why. Because why? Because they can. Because they want to. Because that's what everyone right. else is doing. I don't care about why anymore. All I care about is how do I do that? I want to know the hows. You know, that's yeah. what I want to know is what's going on and what can I do about it? If anything, because sometimes you can't do nothing about it and then let that go, let it go. It doesn't matter. And then if you can do something about it, okay, how do I do that? Rather, I want to replicate what this guy is doing, or I want to know what it's going to take to change it up for me. Then I, then I want the steps there that I can then assimilate for me to say, okay, I need to do this. And that's what I leave to other guys. I don't do prescriptions and say, take my ten points and do this. No, everyone's gonna be different. But here's what worked for me. Try it out. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, well, sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. You know, I I don't know. I'm just telling you what worked for me. You get to figure it out. At the end of the day, you gotta think for yourself. So but I want to get it out there just for the fact that I got other things to do. And while I would love to be flowery, I just I don't have the patience. It's like I I try, right. and then it's like, what am I doing? No, I I, I could have already wrote this thing three times. Let's just eh, here, and it's out,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, and and the older I get, you know, I I don't have a lot of patience, you know, for <laughs> either to read it or to write it. You know, yeah, you got things I, to do. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to a point. You said you know younger younger guys contact you you know and, and want feedback you know f- been interested in your work but older guys contact you too so I was contacted by a friend of a friend um, he's in his early 60s and oh. they, his his uh, job works for this company um, in kind of IT type stuff and they've been bought out so like they're going through these changes and it's just not he doesn't like his job anymore. So, he's trying to figure out, like, how he's going to to deal with all of this, right? And, um, and I'm like, dude, like, one of the things you have to consider is just getting out of all of this. Like, look at where you are. Um, what do you want to do f- for, I mean, you're right. Is this your legacy? Is this job your legacy or you're flying around the country and, and meeting with? I'm like, this sounds kind of cool, but this isn't a legacy. Like, do you want to? Are you into, yeah, hunting, hiking? Do you want to travel somewhere? What do you want to do? Are you into writing? Do you want to do some consulting? I mean, this you're 60, right? I mean, how long do you think you're going to live? Um, and it, it was... It really took him back because nowhere in this option was that he would leave his job. It was like, how can I approach the managers so they, you know, reconsider my position? Will they hire more people? Can they do this? So he was overthinking
2: it too. He was overthinking it as well.
0: Okay, and he was one of these guys who was, you know, old school of like you have to have a job till whatever and company loyalty and all of this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. But in your time, dude, and. You know, it's just like, that's not there anymore. Like, let me tell you, looking at you, and he's like, yeah, people, he actually told me this last week. He said, Dave, um, I was at a meeting, and some people said to me, you don't look well. Like, are you okay? Do you need to go home? And he's like, oh, no, I feel fine. And he's like, then I thought about that night. And he's like, you know, I'm just not sleeping at night. And I'm like, if people are coming up to you and saying, are you okay? You don't look well? That's bad. Yeah, that's a warning. That's a a red flag, dude. That's fine, man. (laughs) <laughs> like you really have to and then uh, but you're right once you once you can be that member check and kind of just just bring this back to you know i'm not telling you um, uh, you know everything you've done is a waste and whatever i'm just no. saying at this point and what you're telling me and how you're reflecting and how the environment is changing and what this what do you want to do because this isn't your legacy this never was your legacy you probably played this hand too long to be honest um yeah, so you, you're like you, overstayed you have you're welcome
2: time to get out and do something else yeah
0: you didn't have yeah, a stroke or a heart attack. I mean, you've got options right now on the table. So figure out what you want to do. But it was so weird to bring up anything that he might do for himself that wasn't right. Ah. He, I, I cut this out of the book. And you, you brought this up a few times. People like telling you what to do. And I, I, I remember I didn't buy my first car. It was an SUV with a, a, a sunroof. I didn't get a sunroof until I was in my 40s, right? And the reason I didn't get a sunroof is my mom always said, sunroofs leak. <laughs> sunroof so they don't buy a car with a sunroof so i never did and it was cool like right i loved my sunroof it was so nice especially um but and i was like i and i'm just like i just i did this because like it's just one of those things when you grow up you know like you're taught yeah when you get to you know get a car just don't buy a sunroof in it um and you know then i'm starting to do the logic i'm like well these these can't all fail right because they never would put them in cars like this exactly
2: <laughs> and I've I never, know like sunroof, I've yeah. had cars with sunroofs. Never had that problem. Right? Uh, you know, it's like,
0: but I've I never mean, had it was, that so, problem. It, and I didn't. It wasn't until I got to the point of what do I want? I want a, my next vehicle. I want a sunroof. Damn it! I just want to see what that's like. And I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah, get extra sun in here. You know, especially in, in Wisconsin.
2: Stuff,
0: yeah. But just. It, but yeah, it's those things where you, you subscribe too tightly to these. Um,
2: well, you never question. Yeah, you never question. What mom and dad told you, you never go. Gee, you know, maybe mom and dad aren't all-knowing, all-powerful gods, and they're only regurgitating what their parents told them, and you're buying it because they're mom and dad. And I can understand as a little kid, you don't have the capacity to rationalize, and so yeah, you're just it's it's just garbage in, garbage out. But there comes a point that, in my opinion, you have to start questioning. All the crap you've been told by mom and dad, by the teachers, by your peers, by your spouse, even by your own children. Literally, at some point, it doesn't mean you have to do it all day, all the times you'll just be neurotic, but you seriously have to take some of the things that you hold dear to you, your sacred cow, and you have to kind of go, why do I believe this? Where did I hear this from? Is it, is it honestly right. yours? Like, did you, did you come up with it all on your own? Chances are you didn't. You heard it from your favorite rock musician, or you heard it from mom and dad, or from some other dude that you looked up to, and you just you bought it because you wanted to be liked, you wanted to be accepted. It sounded on the surface like, well, that sounds reasonable. Right. You, know, you right. never really thought about it and went, wait a minute, that, that's, that's a load of horse shit. You know, you yeah, didn't and think, think about that.
0: You yeah. always so, believe someone else is to, doing yeah. the vetting.
2: Yeah. And that's it. We, we give way too much credit and way too much power to other people, which is why we get so screwed up is because we're not listening to ourselves and deciding for ourselves, what works for me? What do I want? We're too busy appeasing others and listening to everyone else. I mean, that's the thing that I'm, I'm very it's disturbing to me. And it, and it actually, it, it, it makes me a little nervous is I see all these young guys and they're asking guys like you and me and other guys that are in like their thirties that don't have a lot of experience, but they're asking, they're, they're literally the, 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 the main question is what do I do? And I'm like, you know what you need to do? Like if you're out of shape and you need to lose weight, you know what you need to do. You need to eat better and you need to go to the gym. Okay, you need to work out. You need to exercise. You get to figure out that system, but you know what you need to do. Stop looking to me for permission. Stop looking for me to hold your hand and stop looking at me to validate you. They they care way too much what other guys think. And I'm like, stop caring what I think because I do not care what you think. You know, I'm doing my thing, you know, so stop coming to me. It's one thing if you're coming to me. I, you know, and I'm the workout guy, and I've had that experience, so I know what I'm talking about. And you've been doing stuff, and now you're you're kind of trying to tweak it and dial it in, and you maybe have, you've hit some resistance, and you're like, I'm kind of out of options here of what else to do, but this is what I'm doing. Okay, yes, come talk to me because now we're getting into details that you don't know about this stuff, but the general, what do I do? You know what you need to do. So, guys, you got to approach. you got to do the work. Stop looking for another guy to hold your hand and validate you and give you the attaboy. That's a good boy. You're doing a good job there, kid. you gotta, you got to start validating yourself. you got to start patting yourself on the back and go, you know what? I'm doing okay. I don't have all the answers because I don't. I know you don't. Oh, right. None right. of us have all the answers. And the only reason I have some of the answers I do is because I went out and screwed up and realized, well, that didn't work. <laughs> but I don't regret it. It's like oh, I'm still here. I'm alive. At least I know. But well, that didn't work. And then oh, hey, this did work. And then wow, that not only worked, it worked way better than I ever would have thought. How cool is that? You know. So oh, yeah, that that would be the big thing. It's yeah. like stop seeking validation in other in women and in other men. If you're a guy watching, listening to this, whatever, stop seeking validation in women and in men. Ladies, if you're listening, watching, same thing, stop seeking validation in other women and in men. you got to figure your own thing out. you got to live your life the way you want to, and you got to be unapologetic, and you gotta be, you got to be willing to metaphorically take a bullet. you got to be willing to say, you know what? This might hurt, but you know what? Unless it actually kills me, and then all your problems are over anyway, but if it doesn't kill me, you're going to be just fine because you will. You'll find another job. You'll get another relationship. Why? Because that's what we do. It's hardwired in us. You'll figure it out eventually. You just get to burn until you do, which means you've got to get off your butt and do something.
0: All right, everybody, um, check out robsays.net. Remember, when you're talking about agency and purpose, um, you need to figure out who you are, why you do what you do, uh, making sure that you're just not following some prescription that somebody else gave you, the social norms. Live your life. Make your legacy now. Don't save up for, you know, thinking I'm going to retire at 62 and then I'm going to do all of these things to make a legacy or I'm going to have this awesome funeral or things like that, which, you know, we've kind of been (laughs) sold, right? This whole industry is going to be a legacy. No, I mean, go back. You're listening to this show. You can figure out what legacy is and what legacy isn't, right? So spend some time on that. Check out, um, again, Rob's content, robsays.net. Masculine Geek Meetup on Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. And if you need to know about
2: Masculine Geek, go to MasculineGeek.com.
0: MasculineGeek.com. Yep,
2: that's the blog. That's the website. All the links to YouTube and all that stuff is on there for Masculine Geek. They've got an event calendar on there as well as the email list. Yeah, uh, which I would recommend you sign up. We don't spam. We we don't sell your your information. It's simply a way to give you the the audience some content, and it's a way that if anything happens, we have a plan B of you can still get in touch with us this way, and we can let you know what our next move is in the event that YouTube or the powers that be decide we don't want you talking anymore. Right. So, right. <laughs> but there's also an event calendar there that uh, Vince is very good about staying on top of where it shows you the days that we're on and it shows you uh, what guests we've got coming up? People that we've got confirmed.
0: Yeah, it's it's well done. And so you it's, know, it's I mean, a merch now you got T-shirts and things. Ah, like at the logo yeah. sale. That's that, right. So. Yeah,
2: if, yeah. If you want to buy a clock or a a, a shirt or yeah, you want to buy a Next shower guy. curtain. You shower want a masculine curtain. geek shower curtain? You know, so you can have the us our our cartoon <laughs> uh, looks of our faces looking at you while you're showering and watching your balls. Yeah, we got that. You know. So yeah, it's but MasculineGeek.com, That's the mothership of, of that particular endeavor, and all the stuff that you need is all on that one. Uh, check it out. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube. You'll see. You know, like next week on or well, this week actually coming up the fifteenth. We we're doing our second D and D game. Rolo yeah. Tomasi is a part of that. Uh, we're having. You know, it's me, Vince, TJ, Rolo, Drew, Bay. Um uh, Aaron Clary, you know, we're all we're all doing Dungeons and Dragons again. We're we're continuing the adventure that we started last month. And so that's kind of fun to to have all these people involved in that and 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 it's actually working. It's like, wow, I didn't know if this was gonna work. I I
0: thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, Drew was the dungeon master the first time. And and he's
2: done and he still is. It's it's you know, everybody's still in their respective characters. We're just continuing where we left off. And yeah, Drew's done a a fantastic job of being the dungeon master. But you know, come check it out. You know, if anyone knows who Rolo Tomasi is, it's like, yep, he's gonna be in there. You know, Aaron Clary, you've, you've heard about the curmudgeonly Aaron. Yep, he's gonna be there. You know, so come check it out. It's fun, and see who else we've got coming up because we've got a lot of we've got a lot of exciting guests coming up here in the very near future. So come check it yeah. out. It's fun.
0: So. Sounds good. All right, everybody, Rob Says uh, from RobSays.net. Um, thanks so much for being on the show, Rob. You're welcome, Doc.
2: Thanks for having me on. <laughs>
1: This has been the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio show host, and leading safety expert, Dr. David Perotin. Remember to check back each week for the latest, best, and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. You can find Dr. Perotin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe.